Welcome to Roll Call with Ramona. I'm your host, Ramona Singh, and my special guest today is Rubina Benson. She's the founder of Rubina Benson Design House, and she's known for being the outdoor style queen and a pioneer of luxury outdoor living. Rubina Benson has cemented her name in the Los Angeles design community since 2007. She's a successful entrepreneur with a passion for curating and developing modern luxury design brands to cater to the discerning and ever-evolving taste of the LA clientele. Her personal connection to her clientele, incomparable level of service, and consistent goal to strive to meet their needs makes Rubina Benson a brand that is synonymous trust and passion for design. Rubina Benson has been in the industry for about 15 years now, Prior to that, she worked for the family firm that also focused on home furnishing, but also at a lower cost point. So, Rubina, welcome to the show. Um, thank you. The pleasure is all mine, Ramona. Yes, Rubina, I mean, tell us, what inspired you to get into the luxury market? Um, you know, it was not uh, necessarily a... Uh, a premeditated sort of, uh, you know, calling of mine. It, I really fell into it because I like design and um, I came to um, know of a very good designer and uh, her name is Paola Lenti. And my love for the uh, design of her collection just grew from there. And I really wanted to explore that and bring it to the attention and develop it to the LA clientele. So that's really how it all started. Well, yeah, I mean, to like this year alone, you've launched the Rubina Benson Design House. It's a 10,000 square feet showroom in the heart of Los Angeles in the design district at 8311 Melrose Avenue. And uh, you're carrying flagship store for Paul Lenti, Giorgetti, Catal. And these are some of like the biggest brands out of Europe. So, you know, what are some of the challenges that you're dealing with as a retailer during COVID-19? Um, well, actually, uh, you know, um, interestingly enough is that uh, in 2009, when I opened my first showroom representing these brands, um, it was interesting because um, at the time, you know, it was right in the middle of a recession and, you know, a lot of stores were closing down. A lot of design firms were laying off people. However, you know, um, that's also turned out to be the year that I opened my showroom. And for me, the focus was, okay, who are my clients? Uh, will they still be purchasing? Will they still be designing their homes? And also on top of that, I was representing high-end outdoor furniture so not just like furniture for interior where most people actually have the biggest budgets but for outside and you know back then um outdoor furniture luxury outdoor furniture was really not the norm for people to spend the money on so um it was a bit of a risk i think on my end but then i decided if i'm going to do something i'm going to focus on it so i kind of focus on the outdoor aspect of it now fast forward in 2020 we are in the middle of a pandemic something that the world has never seen like of before and also economically we are facing our challenges and uh for me, doing this now at this magnitude, um, I feel that it's the same. It's the same formula applies. Who are my clients? Are they still purchasing? And how do we go about just you know uh, developing the business, growing the business, and maintaining the business with 
what we are faced with. So, you know, um, the recession, yes, I have, I have experience with economically challenging times. However, a pandemic where health scare is something that people have never experienced before, we just go above and beyond and trying to just make sure that clients feel safe and comfortable coming to our showroom and doing business with us and us taking care of them. Well, absolutely. How do you find that you're staying relevant now, you know, to be able to sell and to be able to let your clients know, you know, the different lines that you carry, all the new product lines that they have launched in 2020? I mean, I guess essentially, what is your secret sauce to making things work in this day and age? Um, I think um, it's about making sure clients feel very comfortable um, and, and, uh, and just what are the client's needs and focusing on that. Because that's, I think that's first and foremost for us right now is, um, you know, how can, we, um, how can we be flexible and still tend to our clients? Because, you know, obviously all the design firms now are working remotely and, and clients, you know, there might not be, you know, there might not be as much foot traffic or people wanting to come to the showroom. So how do we go about that? So what we're trying to do is just, keep their comfort, keep their um, uh, sort of their priorities as our priorities. So, you know, we try to courier a lot of pieces to them. We try to memo to them, which means that we'll send the furniture up to their home. So I have to sit on and see, should they not feel comfortable to come in? Um, we work around maintaining our schedule around their schedule. So if a client wants to come in, like I said, 8 a.m. to the showroom, we'll open the showroom at 8 a.m. So those are the things that we are going to do and we are doing right now just to be flexible and, uh, you know, and cater to the client's needs. Well, absolutely. It sounds like you have to be very hands-on as the founder in the front lines, making sure you're opening up the showroom early and being able to provide the sort of concierge type service to them. Uh, Absolutely. And actually that's the magic formula. When you say concierge, we kind of are right now in a way we have to be exceptional before before we were excellent. Now we have to be just (laughs) exceptional you know, we have to really be able <laughs> what? Um, I know, at the, you know, when you're, you know, you have to just constantly strive to really just uh, be at a different level, operating at a different level. So just, you know, when you think about luxury, how do you want to be treated in a luxury environment? That's how I look at it. And that's what I want to give out to the client. So concierge service is really how we are operating at. Absolutely. Now, do you think COVID-19 in a way uh, helped your business? I mean, in a sense, what I mean is people having to work from home, you have the government travel ban, and now people are looking at their home space and saying, hey, maybe this needs an upgrade, maybe a renovation, maybe outdoor living since parks and everything else has essentially closed down. So do you think because of this day and age Uh, People are now wanting an upgrade and here you come in, say, here's a solution. Here's how we can upgrade your home. Uh, Well, if that's happening, um, we're seeing that increase right now. So I think that for the first few months, there was like a lot of um, fear. People are facing the unknown. And when there's this invisible um, threat, right, that, you know, we don't know how to deal with because there's no vaccine there is there there's really there's so much misinformation out there and also on top of that there's so much fear for the clients it becomes very um 
it becomes very difficult to, you know, really pinpoint how the clients are feeling and are they going to shop? Are they going to stop spending the money? Because everything has been so up and down. Now I feel like we're kind of understanding that this pandemic might not just end tomorrow and we might have to like really figure out a way to deal with this. And so I think now client, I see that clients are looking to really invest and spend the money in their homes and fix the area. Let's say before they were thinking, Oh, I'll wait for this, but now they have the time. And as you said, because they're not traveling and they're banned, I think that, that, you know, we will see that increase. And also one of the good thing is at least in LA, construction never stopped. So construction was always going forward. So in that, in saying that, I think that's really helped with the, you know, with, um, just with uh, the house, with homes and constructions and new buildings and new projects. So, um, so it's, it remains to be seen, but I am very positive that um, COVID will actually be, um, you know, we, we can use it to our benefit and see the silver lining there, you know? Absolutely. And I guess now in hindsight, like now that you're dubbed the outdoor style queen and you live in Los Angeles and California with beautiful weather, I guess in hindsight, that was the right way to go in terms of like going towards a niche for outdoor furniture. And I guess now um, I've seen the product lines, you have this whole entire outdoor living space and kitchen and all of these absolutely beautiful amenities for outdoor living. I mean, do you think that was you know, the right path that you went on and, and, and do you, con- and or do you see yourself continuing this outdoor living style or are you now, are you now focused also indoors? Um, we are actually focused on, um, we will be, uh, so this, this, this title of the outdoor style queen, it's, it's really interesting how it's come about. I think it's because, you know, um, since 2009, my focus has always been at the outdoors. So I kind of became the go-to person when there's an outdoor project with designers and the trade and even end clients that pick up the phone. They're like, okay, let's see what Rubina has first. And I think that um, that kind of has just developed in these, in these years. And, um, but uh, to provide more, amenities to our clients and more resources i have shifted also into the interior and i am opening the flagship for giorgetti it's a 130 year old italian brand that also it's uh, luxurious it's it's uh, really it's just uh, one of a kind stunning um and uh yeah it would have kitchens and a bar and you know um really a stunning line so we're going to be offering that as well to our clients and design services. So we're, so our goal is to be a one-stop shop and we're really hoping that clients are going to feel comfortable know that with us, they can, you know, do the A to Z in their homes. Absolutely. And see, since you are so close to the uh, LA design scene and the clientele, I mean, I think equally so you work closely with your European brands, right? Such as yeah. Paul Lenti, Catal Giorgetti, which is based out of Italy and Spain. Um, and the biggest part of your business being importing and I guess international business relations, how do you keep these relationships going on both ends? You know, we focused on the at home, but now you have this international you know, uh, business relationship and partnerships. And what are the key ingredients to that to make sure that's successful? I think at the end of the day, it's a human factor. Just knowing that, you know, um, on both sides, it's knowing that we're all in this together. 
you know, um, and, uh, you know, when, when the, when COVID hit, like, you know, uh, Europe took that hit and they're the, they're the first ones that had the shelter at home, um, restrictions on them. And then the factories had to close. And then we had to see what was happening to them while we were still operative in North America. And, um, Oh, then there was all this support that we were giving them just knowing I couldn't imagine how it felt to suddenly shut down like your life. And then after they reopened, we shut down. So it was just an interesting time frame, I think. So the human factor has been there amongst all of us. And I think that empathy, the support, um, it's been, you know, it's been, it's been very important factor in keeping these relationships going and also getting closer to each other. So as far as clients are concerned, you know, as I said, we're, we put their needs first and we're working towards making sure they're comfortable. Um, you know, they're our priority and same thing when it came to our vendors in Italy and those relationships that we've cultivated all along, you know, was the same thing, understanding that there may be some delays, understanding that the suppliers are still getting their footings and just working together just to, understand that you know we're all in it together and that you know we'll get through it together so i think it's just really as i said comes down to that human factor um and um you know just understanding each other and what were some of the challenges that you faced you know having to import furniture having to you know all the different designs and product lines and then being able to you know manage a retail location during you know the the changes that i guess los angeles alone went through with opening and then you know then closing down uh curbside pickup essential non-essential business and of course the movements that have happened you know socially and economically and politically you know it's a lot that has happened in such a short period of time so what were some of the challenges yeah. to be able to provide that end consumer service that you provide that concierge service with all of these different factors um well i think i will first of all during the time where we well we were closed and we were still under construction when the shelter at home went into place but um in europe so we could not ship out uh, there were delays in shipping out our furniture because um uh, there was really freight stopped and like ocean freight and all of that. They, they couldn't do the pickups because the factories were closed. And so we got those delays after. And finally, when the factories reopened, you know, um, we were able to pick up the goods and be able to put on a container and, you know, put on the ocean and ship them here. And while goods were, uh, you know, so that, you know, just the fact it became a domino effect. So the factories shut down freight pretty much stopped because they couldn't pick up the goods and so there was nothing to ship you know warehouses were working on a skeleton with a skeleton crew you know there were no deliveries being done and uh, so everything became very limited and um but in the meantime what we were focusing on was just you know still working with clients on their projects still letting them know that you know what our companies are strong companies financially strong companies we are all in it together and that, you know, our factories, we're doing everything in their power to make sure they're getting their factories up to speed and up to code, you know, uh, 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 with cleanliness and such to be able to, um, you know, to be able to reopen. And so our factories, 
you know, um, they were just working with the government and really pushing that, you know, what, how they could reopen in a safe way for the employees and also for the economy, because, you know, so much of their, uh, you know, the import that with the export that was happening, you know, that contributed to the economy. So um, I think then on this end too, being a re in a retail environment and as a retail owner, I, an independent retail store, you know, not just I, but a lot of the shops, we were shut down. And then when we came to reopen, as you know, around the world, the protests happen. And, you know, I think that, again, having the human factor, just, you know, kind of being in touch with it's that human factor and also you know, just knowing the times things are changing and, you know, the collective consciousness, you know, there's a shift there. And, um, you know, I mean, the stores, like what happened with the protests, you know, a lot of the stores, especially on Melrose and a lot of the stores, they were broken into and the looting happened. But you know what, I think that what's really interesting is like, I also saw how communities came together and the bigger picture was what happened what we were facing and the shift that was happening and i think that for us i mean i as for me as a business owner i think for me it was a it was a very interesting time to be a part of and seeing history change and you know i was also involved in you know part of like you know doing my part in bringing attention to the um vlm movement so you know and so you know i think i personally speaking i think it was just it, it was like i saw that communities were becoming stronger you know and knowing that we're all we just we just got hit with the pandemic and all of the shifts that were happening and you know what's happening in the united states with everything i think is just that i see that communities are coming together we're getting stronger with each other and knowing that we can all get through to through this together. Absolutely. So I guess the biggest aspect of overcoming the business challenges were just to make sure you set expectations, not just with clients, but with vendors, logistics providers. So, you know, that's, that's a really important thing during this very unpredictable time. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, also with this entire stay at home order that everyone, I guess, globally has gone through, we've seen the shift uh, to online consumption. So everybody, you know, consuming, you know, uh, what is happening on social media, whether on Instagram or TikTok, have you now taken advantage of social media to be able to do, you know, product launches and, and I guess, launching your showroom, whereas I guess before you were having in-person launches, like at, like events at the showroom. So have you been able to take advantage of it and has it been useful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I when the shelter at home came into place, I, everybody was on social media because we had nowhere to go. So what were people doing? People were tuning into, everybody was on the internet, everybody was on the web, uh, surfing the web. People were, you know, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So um, knowing that was happening, I knew that that was a time where visibility was at its highest peak. So how how can I make people know about the new showroom that I have opened? Um, so being on social media at that point was crucial. And so we had some great initiatives that we set forth and we saw people really responding. We were putting out great stories and also not just about pushing product. Um, I think it was more about 
community coming together because, you know, um, our social media, we started, you know, working um, with, for example, uh, Project Angel Food, where we would want, we gave a percentage of our sales um, at the time um, and donated to, uh, you know, where they would make food for people uh, with, uh, you know, pre-existing medical conditions and such. And uh, so healthy food would be made and delivered to them. And so who couldn't go to the grocery store? So we were partnering with, or at least doing our part in, you know, working together and donating and partnering with, you know, organizations that would be giving back to the community. We were doing Zoom, uh, you know, lunch and learn. So with a firm, with a design firm, we would do a Zoom presentation but then we'd want to support the local restaurants. So we would deliver food from the local restaurants to our designers. So we were, again, it was really about community. And then on top of it, like if business came out of it, great, but the focus always was, you know, how as a community can we come together? And that was really our social media push from the beginning. Well, yeah, absolutely. And community seems to be a big factor to you now with this 10,000 square feet showroom, you know, are you involving like local artists, local businesses, I guess you being an entrepreneur yourself? I mean, what is it that, you know, you're using the space for aside from obviously the flagship, um, you know, but how do you tie that all in together with the design community in Los Angeles? Um, You know, I think uh, it comes down to just being very grateful that, you know, I have been part of this amazing design community in LA. Um, I have received nothing but love and support from them since the day I went into business, you know, and uh, from 2009 till date. And, you know, I have clients coming through just wanting to support us and wanting to work with us. And, um, and, you know, and um, then what I like to do is be able to support them back. So, you know, if we can do a showcase of their lines, like right now I'm representing a few lines, you know, one is, um, uh, you know, of, of accessories and that are by local artists. And so I think that just being able to um, give back and just kind of keep this creative juice flowing with, you know, designers that are local designers and international designers, I think that's what's keeping it really exciting. And, um, you know, just uh, sort of like, you know, keeping the juices flowing in a way. Absolutely. I mean, it's very inspiring to hear you, uh, you know, with a positive attitude and everything that you're looking forward to doing, you know, at Rubina Benson Design House. What advice would you give to like struggling retailers or entrepreneurs who are also starting their business? Honestly, I think just knowing that, uh, you know, there's never going to be a perfect time to start. I mean, you have to you know, just, I, I feel that if you have passion, you have faith and, um, you have a strategy in place. I think that taking that leap of faith is like, it's important for, as I said, I started my company in 2009 and I'm, and I, I'm doing my next phase, you know, I, I'm launching my next phase in 2020. So I think that I should be sort of the poster child for, you know, opening up businesses in the middle of like, you know, uh, uh, in the middle of uh, troubled times, I guess. But I think more than anything, it just shows that if you have faith and you have passion and you have drive, ambition, and also on top of it, some sort of a strategy, I would say, take a risk. And um, because there can never be a perfect time for everything.
Well, absolutely. It's, uh, it's trying times, but you know, just the fact that you are staying open, staying available to your clientele at varying hours and staying on social media, that makes the biggest difference, I guess, in this, you know, current time. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's very inspiring to hear from you in terms of, you know, regardless of what's happening in the global economy, that, you know, you, the, the, the spirit of entrepreneurism, is very high still and being able to connect with the community and make sure that you're helping out other you know small businesses in the area as well and of course working with design firms and yeah. all you know the different absolutely it goes it goes both ways and our focus as i said is on community and whether it is the small businesses in our community or designers it it, it goes both ways Absolutely. So Rubina, where can people find you? How can they shop from you? How can they contact you? Well, our website is rubinabenson.com. Our Instagram and Facebook is also Rubina Benson. And uh, our address is 8311 Melrose Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90069. And uh, so you'll see us on social media. We have our website up. And if you're in our area, please stop by, um, you know, for an aperitivo or a, or an espresso. We'd be happy to see you just to even come by and, you know, take a look around at all the amazing installations we have in place. Right. I, I, I read, I, I believe, in the, one of the PR that you put out that because all of the uh, events and all the shows in Milan, you know, were canceled this year, uh, because of you know COVID nineteen, that you actually have all these installations in your space, so it's like an art gallery of of sorts. The way the space uh, was designed is like an art installation, and that I think makes it very exciting. And for those people who love to have a uh, a photo op, uh, you know, for uh, you know for Instagram or any of their social media platforms. We have enough to be able to give you something very unique and really cool and outstanding um, to set you apart. So just come on by and uh, take some pictures if you want. <laughs> well, thank you for this great interview and thank you for your time today. I think you're at work on a Saturday. Uh, yes, because, you know, as you said, you know, we have to be available to our clients at all times. And I don't even remember the last Saturday I actually worked. But now more than ever, it's really important to be hands-on and be able to be here for our clients. So yes, I am working today on a Saturday. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much, Rubina Benson. And thank you for tuning in to Roll Call with Ramona. I'm your host, Ramona Singh. Until next time, have a good day. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Bye-bye. Thank you.